We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, there's never a dull moment in Notre Dame land these days. We've got uh, plenty of things that happened today. we got the uh, commitment of a Duke defensive end, R.J. Oban. We had Joe Alt opting out of the Sun Bowl and declaring for the NFL draft. We had Jack Kaiser deciding he is staying at Notre Dame for a sixth year. So uh, we've got all that coming up at some point in this show, but... It is mailbag day, so tuning in, get your questions in. Well, I tell you what, Dave Carpenter got here early, and he's got a bunch of questions, so we'll work some of his in here in a little bit. Vince D'Addario in the striped sweater. I'm Sean Styers in the gray t-shirt. I got a lot of compliments today with the striped sweater. I don't know. Looking good. Looking Just good. Looking, looking sporty. Looking stylish. Some Notre Dame <laughs> colors, too, I just realized. Yeah. A little blue and green. I'm just saying. That's right. That's you right. Know. And there's a little gold right there. Nice. Very nice. Well, it is mailbag. So, again, get your questions in, and we'll do our best to answer them. Can we Can we just bring up D-Rocks right now? Uh, I, I don't this see one right it, here. So go ahead. So, D-Rock Iris says, welcome back, Buckner and Pine to Notre Dame. However, both won't be with the Notre Dame football program, only in South Bend. How crazy is this? Seriously. I was going to bring this up. This is like okay. something I didn't, I didn't see it until just before the show started. Yeah. So I was going to, like, if it didn't come up, I was going to push it into rapid fire. Okay. So now you're going to have two quarterbacks, the two quarterbacks who in 2022 started every one game two. for Notre Dame. Yeah. They transferred away. They're coming back. To the same, you know, to Notre Dame, neither one of them is going to be on the football team. Drew Pine, apparently, according to Pete Thamel of ESPN, is going to come back and complete his degree this spring. He did enter the transfer portal from Arizona State, so I don't know if that means maybe he finishes degree in the spring and then, you know, pursues an opportunity to play someplace else after that, or? I got to say... You're gonna have like 20 quarterbacks roaming around on campus this spring. It's gonna be some uh, some hella dorm football going on. I know. Uh, you know. I mean, that's so what I'm those gonna... guys should do. Like, yeah. well, I guess they're inner hall, aren't they? Like, didn't they didn't they decide that like a year? Did they or not so do ago? the tackle football anymore. I think they're getting rid of it because of. Oh, uh, wow. We talked about it at some point. It's been a while. 
They're getting rid of Interhall, I think, because of the rise of flag football and just, you know, like declining numbers with tackle football and all that stuff. But that would have, I mean, for that matter, I mean, like, you could have the two best flag football quarterbacks on campus out there. That's true. I mean, they don't have to be playing tackle to be a quarterback, right? I mean, and I wonder if they have to hold their allegiance to, like, the dorm that they were in when they were undergrads. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess they're still technically undergrads, but they're not going to be living on campus. So, you know, do they hold their allegiance to their dorm team? Because if I was the the president or whatever it is of their dorm, I'd be – Ring, 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 ring. Hey, fellas, let's go. You know, we need a quarterback for the flag team. I know. I know. I'm just saying. Just bizarre, though. Like It is bizarre. When have you, when have you heard of such a thing? Quarterbacks with remaining eligibility, they started off at Notre Dame. Like, we're not talking about, right. you know, even Appalachian State or, you know, Jacksonville State or wherever it happens to be. Like, we're talking about... They were at Notre Dame. One went to Alabama. One went to at least another FBS Power Five program, and now they're coming back, and they're neither one of them is going to play football. That's it's, and it's you know you, you see Notre Dame football players like come back because they left to get their degrees. Yeah. But Jerome usually, Bettis, you know, after yeah, you know, Jalen Smith did so right when he was injured, he was able to come back. You know, you know people like that, but. This is a whole different, unique scenario of these guys coming back. I mean, obviously, Buckner took it to a whole other level and is playing a different sport at Notre Dame, one that he was obviously very good at in high school. But uh, Drew Pine just coming back to be a student, just coming back to do it. And I don't know anything about the Drew Pine situation. I really don't. I don't know anything about it. Here's what I know. He's not playing football anywhere in spring. Right. That tells me. He didn't get the offers he was looking for. That's what it tells me. Maybe I'm wrong. True, too. But he's like, hey, I got a couple more credits to get my Notre Dame degree. It's time to move on to the next phase. Well, and that's, that's why what I it think, feels like. You know, because that's what, to me, was part of what was so surprising about how and when he left last year. Because he had talked about how much Notre Dame meant to him. And, you know, before that, you know, about getting the Notre Dame degree and all that. So maybe, you know, he can still go into the portal at the end of spring in April again. And maybe he, maybe he just wants to get his degree first. Yeah, maybe then go someplace else so that he's not getting his degree from someplace else. You know what I mean? Like, sure. We'll have an like Arizona state. Yeah. Well, wherever (laughs) it happens. Yeah. He'll have an, he'll have his undergraduate degree from, from Notre Dame. And I believe American studies is what I saw. Yeah. He'll have his undergrad and then he can go be a grad transfer. That's true. And maybe he will. Yeah, maybe he will. I, you know, who knows? I I think he's making the right decision about where to get his degree. Obviously, Buckner's going to get his degree from Notre Dame as well. You know, say what you will, the Notre Dame degree is a better degree than Arizona State. It's a better degree than Alabama. Absolutely. Absolutely. In that regard, they're absolutely doing the right thing. So, um, yeah, but it's very weird. It's just it's just weird. I, I don't I don't know how else to say it. You know, they're not going to be part of the football program. They're just going to be students. And one's going to be doing lacrosse. Okay, cool. I know. I know. Cool. Where did this other comment go? I had this comment start up, and I was ready to go with it. And from David, who was, uh, if he wasn't the first one here, he was he was filling the chat up with questions. Nice. Why are there so many people who tune into the show, but so, so few hit the like button, is what he's saying. I thought Notre Dame fans were more intelligent than that. Thank you, David. 
Yes. There's a low percentage of viewership to likes. And that's, you know, not just on, you know, this show. There are other shows as well. Hit the like button. It helps everybody out. It helps you. It, it helps me. It helps Brian. It helps Vince. It helps Ryan, who's stalking in the chat tonight. So, yeah, squirrels here. You do. <laughs> hey, even Ryan liked my sweater. So, just saying. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. There's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. The holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. Here's another David Carpenter right. question. He says, I'm not really an expert on this, but I've heard from multiple sources. Parker will have to retool his approach to the offense with Riley Leonard. How would he do that? And do you think he will? Well, I think it's going to be he got Riley Leonard because Riley Leonard fits the offense that he wants to run. Yeah. So he's not retooling it in a bad way, as in they were running his offense last year. They're going to be running an, a, an offense closer to what he wants to do. That's why they went out and got Riley Leonard. If they wanted to run a similar offense to what they were running this year, I think they would have targeted somebody else in the transfer portal, whoever that may have been. They, they targeted Riley Leonard for a reason because of his dual threat ability. And that's, to me, that's what Jared Parker wants to do. I mean, look at look at Deuce, right? The, the only quarterback to commit while Jared Parker has been the offensive coordinator. That's what he wants, right? Deuce is very similar to Riley Leonard from a skill set standpoint. 
So that's the kind of offense that he wants to run. That's what it tells me. Now, how does he do it? He's got all offseason. He's got all offseason to kind of retool the playbook, use the same terminology, but just kind of stress and emphasize some different things, put some different things in, some wrinkles. We'll, we'll, we'll start to see that in the spring. He got hired way too late in the process last year to change to really everything. change anything. Yeah. I mean, he, he had to kind of go and he had a quarterback that just came to Notre Dame like what a month prior, you know, and so he they had to have their offense based on what Sam Hartman can do. And so they were kind of stuck in what they where they were at. It's different now. He's had a whole season and now he's going to have an entire offseason to kind of figure out, OK, what is it that I want to do now that I've got this new toy to play with and Riley Leonard and all this young talent, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, based on who they're getting in the transfer portal, you know, what, who they've not asked to leave, but, you know, thank them for their services, that kind of a thing. You can kind of tell the offense that they want to run. And I, you're going to see a different offense for Notre Dame next year. I, I absolutely believe that. I agree. Not a whole lot to add to it. You know, I just, you don't go get Riley Leonard, the kind of quarterback that Riley Leonard is. Right. If you're just going to run the exact same offense that you had. And, yeah. the, you know, the timing of it, just just the whole thing, the way things laid out between Tommy Reese kind of leaving a little bit late in the game, the, you know, fumbling of the the hiring process for offensive coordinator that led to Parker being hired just a couple of weeks before Spring practice began, just what you said. You're not going to scrap everything at that point and say, well, this is what I really want to run. Oh, and Sam Hartman, by the way, you came here, but this is what I want to run. So right, you know, this, right. is, this is what it – now, they still could have run more RPOs and stuff like that with Sam Hartman than they did. You know, that's still a little baffling that they didn't. But I agree. You're not bringing in Riley Leonard if you're not going to make some yeah. at least basic – fundamental type changes and then as you said with the kind of recruiting that they are, are are doing with the young guys I think it kind of lays out potentially what Jared Parker sees for what he wants his offense to be going and forward this question kind of goes along with it so I wanted to pull it up Sean from Irish Steel 63 says why didn't Parker roll with TB12 if he wanted a mobile guy he could have folded in the RPO stuff as they went on I think in a perfect world Tyler Buckner is more the quarterback that Parker probably wanted he inherited Sam Hartman like Sam Hartman didn't come here to sit behind Tyler Buckner I mean end, end of the day right and because we did see you know some more of that stuff last spring when Buckner was right. around that's for sure absolutely and but I, you're absolutely right yeah. look there was just no way there was no way Tyler Buckner was going to beat yeah Sam Hartman in a quarterback and, competition and as a coach as a coach also, right? You want to put the players on the field that you think are going to help you win, right? And with a straight face, I don't think Marcus Freeman could be like, yeah, Tyler Buckner gives us the best chance to win even though Sam Hartman's here. Like, I, I just I just feel like, yeah, he, you know, Parker, hey, I get it. You want to have a more mobile quarterback and maybe Tyler Buckner fits that mold a little bit more for you. We got this nice new shiny toy right here that we went out and got and made all kinds of promises to. He's your guy, so figure it out. Like, I just feel like that is kind of the way that conversation went in so many words. And so um, you know, Parker was hamstrung just a little bit. I mean, granted, I, th there were a lot of things that happened between then and now. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I feel like if given all of the options, Parker wants a mobile guy, a dual threat guy. 
right. not a mobile guy. Because Sam Hartman's a mobile guy. He's not a dual threat guy. Let's kind of stick along the same thing. Irish still 63 wants to know if we believe if one of the young quarterbacks outplays Riley Leonard, they get the nod to start. Look, <laughs> go ahead, Sean. Do we have to start this now? Um, <laughs> this is not happening. There no. is no universe in which Riley, Le- the only universe in which Riley Leonard doesn't start against Texas A&M and every other game next season is is going to be health related. That is it. Yep. That is yep. that is the only way Riley Leonard is not starting. So if we're going to go through spring and you know we we have to go through some charade of a quarterback competition or whatever. Uh, yeah. Okay, so be it. Riley Leonard's the starter though. There's none of these guys are beating Riley Leonard for the job. You know, Marcus Freeman can talk about quarterback competitions if he wants, and I'm sure once we get to spring he will. But it's not happening. I would also say that the gap between one and two was closer going into the 23 season than it will be going into the 24 season. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, Tyler Buckner had starting experience. He was the presumed starter before he got hurt, obviously, the year before. You know, the gap was closer, man, than it's going to be going into the 24 season, period. So, you know, we'll see what happens. The, the the short answer is yeah. If they if if a guy clearly outplays Riley Leonard, he'll get the start. But the reality is that's not that's not going to happen. happen. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so you know, yeah. and, and you know, it, I suppose that was the case last year as well. And it, you know, in any of these times, if if that happened, okay, they probably would. But it's it's just it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know. And I know there are a lot of people with you know, attachments to Steve Angeli and all that. And Angeli's a great kid and he's done a you know good job. And we're, we're going to get to see him in the Sun Bowl and all that. But it's just, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. And 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 real quick, Iris Steele wants to know why we think Riley Leonard is that much better than the other two guys. I've seen the other two guys in practice. You know, that I, I have eyeballs. I watched them practice. Now, that was in the fall. A lot of things can happen between now and then. We're going to get a chance to see them during fall practice next year and spring practice and all those things too. But from an experience standpoint, from a running ability standpoint, yeah, he he is better. I mean, at this stage of his career. Especially if this is the offense Parker wants to run. If if this, if, if, you know, what we're talking about is what Parker wants to run, then there's, there's no other choice but Riley Leonard. And how do we know that Riley Leonard is better? Why why do you think they're bringing Riley Leonard in? Because they think he's better than what they have. That's the only reason. (laughs) The only reason you bring him in, you're not bringing him in because, well, he might compete for a job and, you know, they're even going it. You're bringing him in because you think that he's going to elevate you. You're bringing him in because you believe that this is the guy who can lead you to the playoffs. Correct. You know, that's, that's it. Yep. Now, do I believe that Kenny Minchie or Steve Angeli could potentially lead Notre Dame to a playoff, you know, position next year? Yeah, they probably could. I, I, the schedule's not great. I mean, bottom line, the schedule is not that daunting of a schedule. There's there's some roadblocks in there. Don't get me wrong. You know, USC is going to have a lot of talent. Florida State's going to have a lot of talent. You know, uh, there there's roadblocks. Don't there are, but I do think that they could get there with the younger guys. They had they're Margin for error, though, goes way up with Riley Leonard behind center than it does with the younger guys. 
Does that make sense? Like they could do it with those younger guys, but I still think they've got a much better chance with Riley Leonard there. Well, look, Andy Saylor says Leonard gets dinged up the way he plays. One of those guys, Carr, Angeli, or Minchie will play sometime next year. We need Riley Leonard to start at a Definitely possible. I mean, Steve Angeli played this year because they had blowout leads and it gave him the opportunity to play. I mean, I'm not saying he's never going to play, um, you know, that that one of the backups is never going to play. But the, the Riley Leonard gets dinged up. I mean, you look at, you know, obviously that happened this year. He, yes, you know, he had a severe leg injury, you know, from the end of the Notre Dame game that took him a long time to recover from. And he was never really fully healthy for the rest of the season, but look at the year before and the year before that he, he didn't miss time because of injury. Exactly. Like he played every game in right. 2022 with the same style of play. Yep. So, I mean, the style of play that he has, does it leave him more susceptible to injury? Yeah. Just like Tyler Buckner, it does because you're going to take hits. The big thing for him is especially being as big as he is. I was going like, to say he's six four two fifteen. 215. Tyler Buckner yeah. was not that. Right. You, you know just got to learn. You, you got to learn when to get down. You know, when to, when to not take hits, don't take unnecessary right. hits, you know? So, right. I mean, he's, he got a high ankle sprain and he had turf toe. Like right. Th those were the two issues that he had this past year. Both of those things are not chronic injuries. And so you, you know, he can heal from those. Yes. High ankle sprains take a long time to heal. Totally get that. That's why the rest of his season was in jeopardy. That's not going to affect him moving forward, you know, even in the spring or even in the fall like that. It's not going to follow him that long. So I don't see, I don't, I would not quantify Riley Leonard as having an injury history or being injury right. prone. You know what I mean? And, and being as big and thick as he is will obviously help him as well. Yeah. Some big dudes fell on his leg at the yes. end of the Notre Dame game. Yeah. And it just, you know, yeah. that was, that was it. That can that. happen to anybody, right? I mean, yeah. that that's, you know, yeah, that's why you have backup quarterbacks. That's why you have a depth chart. You know, you don't just roll out into the field with 22 guys and be like, all right, here's the squad. You know, you had that injuries happen. It's football. So you can't predict that. And again, I wouldn't say he has an injury history. It's just a fact that, yeah, he got hurt this season. He'll be fine by next season. I want to keep Shannon's question for rapid fire. I like that as a rapid fire question. I just saw that one. Come in. By the way, Stymie threw this in about Drew Pine. What in the world does one do with a degree in American studies? I have no idea. Well, he's got a Meyer in business something or other, so that'll definitely help. Yeah. So, and again, anybody that's been to college. But he's going to um, have a Notre Dame degree. And it's going to allow gonna him that. to, to like, pretty much be a part of the Notre Dame, right. you know, network. The pipeline. Going forward. Yeah. He'll always be able to say he's a Notre Dame graduate, which will... You know, yes. he'll be in the Notre Dame Alumni Association and all that mm -hmm. different yeah, I mean, stuff. And there's going to have his degree. Like and that's... I think that, you know, again, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. Just if, if all you've got is one semester of school, get that done. He can right. still go to the transfer portal if he wants to continue to play football after that. And again, he'll go in as a graduate transfer, but he'll have a Notre Dame degree first. So I think it right. actually makes a lot of sense for him to do it mm -hmm. this way. If, if that's, you know, the, the line of thinking that he has. Yeah, completely agree. And it's just very again, odd that he'll be back on campus along with Tyler Buckner and either one of them playing football. And he could go to grad school, any kind of any type of grad school with that yeah. degree. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Again, it's anybody that's been to college knows that unless you're going for something specific where you need like a license, right? Like a teacher or something along those lines, 
doesn't matter what you major in. You got the degree. Now go out and see what it can do for you. Like that's that's really what it comes down to. So my guess is he's going to end up in grad school someplace and 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 narrow the focus down. Well, and it makes bit. it makes things easier for him from a grad transfer standpoint right. as well because I think Xavier Watts has talked about he's going to yeah he did he's going to finish his graduate degree at the end of spring and if he is does indeed decide to come back to Notre Dame next year he said he's basically just going to take non-degree seeking courses you know just enrolled in something to say he's enrolled in something because he'll already have an undergrad and a graduate degree right. so like right you know from pine standpoint i think it makes things a lot easier to him and it, it just opens up a lot more doors in a lot of different ways doing it that way yep completely agree joe allen does golden stay go to co- become a college head coach or back to the nfl as a defensive coordinator I think he stays. I think, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to get offers. I'm sure he's going to get, you know, I, from what I heard, I, I heard that he, um, you know, through the grapevine, I heard that, you know, a couple of colleges have reached out and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. Like he didn't even take the call, you know, didn't even really engage in that part. So that tells me, excuse me, a lot about who Al Golden is and as far as his comfortability at Notre Dame and what he sees and how he can be successful here as a defensive coordinator. Now, the big question is going to be in four weeks when the NFL season is over and you got Black Monday and everything yeah. else that comes with that. Because yep. if he gets offered a defensive coordinator job in the NFL, I would be very curious to see what would happen. When so, I was I was looking at this, you've got the Carolina Panthers. They're already on an interim coach, so they're going to be hiring a new coach. There's reports out today that Bill Belichick's yeah. days in New England are going to end at the end of this season. Um, Ron Rivera, you know, there's been talk about him in Washington. I don't think any, you know, nothing's going to happen with the giants and I'm going in reverse order of, you know, of of the teams right now, chargers. There's talk that Staley could be out. I think it kind of depends on how they finish this up. They're in the playoff hunt bears, Eberfluss, you know, they're playing better right now. So who knows? Yeah. I think he's safe. Actually seems like it. It seems like he's kind of played his way, but. Year two for him, right? Barring a barring a collapse, I think. Yeah, I think he's okay. Yeah, the Raiders they've already fired a coach. The Jets, Robert Sala. You know, there's there's talk that he could go. Those are the the big ones right there. So you've got like five potential jobs opening, and when that happens, you just don't know. You know, yeah. so I, I think that that's that's going to be what to watch for if um, if those come open and he gets interest to become a defensive coordinator back in the NFL maybe sure. you see him move but you're right i don't i don't think he's going anywhere from a college point of view i think it all just depends on what happens with some of those NFL openings and if if someone wants to bring him aboard and here's something else i'll say i feel like the announcement of jet kaiser today tells me a lot about the future of al golden i don't know if jet kaiser comes back if al golden knows he's going to leave or is looking actively to leave i I don't know that's it that's my assumption that that's my interpretation of the way things are going but i just feel like jack heiser i don't know that he comes back if he has to have yet another defensive coordinator yet another you know linebackers coach you know what i mean like does that help him because that would actually be his fourth right defensive coordinator next year if if indeed he does come back yeah well it'll be his sixth year at that point next year yeah so so i don't know I, that that's just me talking. I maybe I'm full of beans, you know. But I just I, I don't know. I feel like he probably had a chat without Golden. Like Al, 
coach, are you, are you coming back? Like, I'm thinking about coming back. I think I want to come back, but I don't really want to, you know, learn again a new, old new system. You know, I don't know. We'll see. Speaking of Jack Kaiser, question from Brian. With him returning, where will he predominantly play? Will this take away from the young linebacker movement? What do you think about that? To a degree. I mean, he's going to take snaps, right? And so he's going to take snaps from somebody. I think he moves to Will, personally. I don't know that they're going to keep him on the outside. I think he's going to have a more of a predominant role than he had in the past. But we'll see. And But I also think that there's going to be a rotation and things like that. So, yes, I mean, the, the bottom line is he's going to take away snaps from a younger linebacker because he's going to be there. And I would imagine he's probably going to be a captain as well. I mean, he's he's a, a great leader. He's a great kid. If you look at his production per snap, because he didn't play a lot this year, right? His production per snap was really, really good. Like, well, that's what's crazy. The he's, he's the third leading tackler, right. and he played the least of the three veterans. Yes. Basically, the least, yeah, the, the least of the three veteran linebackers. Leofowl. And Bertrand both played more than him. I'm not shocked that he had more you know, tackles than Marist, no. honestly. But he he played the least because of the fact that as the rover, he wasn't on the field as yeah. much because of the you know the, you, you've got the nickel out right. there. So yeah, he he had. I mean Harper was had out the best, there a lot. Yeah, he had the best defensive score according to Pro Football Focus. Best best score of any defensive player that yeah. Notre Dame had this year, and the third most tackles for the I Irish mean, this year. I so. think people, there's going to be more appreciation for Jack Kaiser a year from now. You yeah. know, I, I really do think that. And look, the younger guys are going to get plenty of an opportunity. He's not just going to, I, I don't think it's going to be a case where Jack Kaiser's on the field from start to finish. You know what I mean? I think there is going to be a rotation, but you know what? Having it's not him, gonna, yeah, it's not going to be like Bertrand where he's getting a million yeah. snaps. But right. I mean, the two guys that we're talking about right now, predominantly where would be Jalen Sneed and Jaden Osbury, you know, along with Kaiser. Sure. And kind of how that looks. How does Bowen, Drake Bowen? Yeah, well, but Bowen, don't you think that that you're gonna see him more at Mike as opposed to oh okay. I thought you were talking about linebackers in general. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just talking about like the, the, the position specifically, the, the, the yeah. will and the rover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are gonna yep. be affected more. Yep. So agreed. Yeah, no, totally hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. So I think that yeah, I mean. There'll be an effect there, I. But I do also think that it, it's going to be very good to have someone, you know, with the kind of experience that he yes. has and the leadership. Because I would be completely shocked if if Kaiser is not a captain next year, as you yeah. alluded to us. But you know, like, like I think it's almost a lot. You know, like you got him and Xavier Watts both coming back, and you know, yeah. you got Howard Cross up there as well. Which so, hey, all that leads to me to say that they're going to have the same. Defensive coordinator, just saying. Again, speculation on my part, but all these guys that no, say that I they're going to stay defensively. When you sit and think about it. You know, it's yeah. it, because look at, you know, year one under Golden was, it was shaky at times, but solid, right? And then they take it, they took a huge step as a defense in year two under Golden. I mm -hmm. think there's going to be another step to take in year three, to be honest with you. And so you're going to get some more athletic guys on the field, but you're going to get a lot of these veterans back as well. I think they take another step in year three. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, frankly, with all these guys saying they're coming back and we know what's coming up. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I agree. Josh wants to know who starts at an offensive tackle in 2024. Any hints they'll look at the portal for a tackle? There have been hints that they will look at the yes. portal for a tackle because of the 
vast experience that they are losing and not just mm-hmm. experience, but especially obviously at the left tackle. There, there have been some hints there. You know, I think it is a yeah. matter of who they can, you know, who they can find, who's a fit, those sure. kind of things, you know, like, is things, it worth bringing somebody in just for numbers? Cause they, yeah. they're low on numbers at tackle. I mean, that's, things, that's part it, of it. Yeah. I mean, Kane Madden was a different position, but things didn't work out well the last time they brought in a, a transfer on the offensive line. Anyway, this is, this so, is very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, it, it it's going to have to be a good fit. It's going to have to be, you know, we know who the starting tackles are going to be in the sun bowl. I, I'm not going to say I would be surprised that those are the two, tar- two starting tackles in September, uh, but it sounds like everything's on the table, Josh. And I don't want to necessarily say, yes, this person's going to start. This person's going to start. I, you know, is Charles Jagasaw going to be a tackle or is he going to be a guard? Um, you know, th- there's just, there's a lot of, well, is this going to happen I mean, or is this going to happen? We'll I, put I it just, this way. You know. We're still in the 2023 season. True. And we got through spring thinking, we had a pretty good feel for what the offensive line was going to look like coming into the season. And then yeah. by the time, you know, two weeks into camp, we started seeing some different guys out there and we're like, well, are they just experimenting? You know, are they kind of tinkering with depth? It's like, nope. So to sit here and try to say now, considering we haven't seen most of these guys, you know, take real reps, you know, one versus one reps, good versus good as Marcus Freeman likes to say i think it's a little bit too early right now because i think that there's going to be a lot of guys getting a lot of different reps out there in the spring yeah and exactly it's it gonna be a, it's easily, gonna be an experiment easily have the rug pulled out from underneath yep. us again by the time <laughs> yeah. we get to the fall you know training camp so it's gonna be I, I think you could potentially have you know three new starters three let's see one two you could have four new starters on the offensive line from last year to to from 23 to 24 you could have four new starters on the offensive line right you could have five depending on how things go if yeah. you don't if you don't count uh Craig and Billy because they were not starters at the beginning of the year right mm-hmm. so if you don't count them and if they start next year they would be two new starters right so if we're talking opening day to opening day yeah. you could have five new starters across completely the board. different starters. you could you could yeah. I'm not saying that's going to happen but you could so i guess the, the the most you could have returning is two, right? Coogan and uh, Rocco, Coogan and Rocco, right. Right? right? So that's the most you could have because three guys are leaving. But you could have five new ones potentially. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So David Carpenter had some different. Since we're on the offensive line now, he got in here with some offensive line questions early. First, he said, do you see Alt playing left tackle in the NFL? And then he said, just for fun, what's the best fit for Alt for the upcoming draft? Best best fit for his growth and success. So I'll let you start. I mean, I don't see any reason, though, to to think that he's not going to be a left tackle in the NFL. Do you? He's not going to get drafted top 10 to play a different position. Let's put it that way. Like that. That's where left tackles get drafted. So, well, Mike McGlinchey did though. They moved. They, you know, the 49ers that's true. moved well, because they had right. they had a left tackle pretty entrenched, I believe, at the time. Right. Uh, you're gonna have to help me with names, but yeah, he went to the right. And side. I can't remember who it was at that point, but yeah, he did. You know, that's that's what bumped yeah. him over there. And I think that that would be the only thing yeah. is if you know. But like when you look at who's sitting up here at the top, you know, I went through 
you know, kind of the list. When you talk about best fit, I mean, here here's the order right now. Now, the Panthers are not going to get to pick number one. The Chicago Bears are going to get to pick number one because of the trade with the Panthers last year. So the Bears are going to pick number one. I feel better about their organization now than a few years ago, but there's been, you know, McCaskey. They need offensive line help, John Stiers. And no, I would no. Be upset I mean, if you went they there. definitely need offensive line help. And, like, I think that that would be a good fit for, for him in terms of need. But, like, in terms of, you know, like. Sure. How good is the organization, you know, growth and success, you know, that, that David talked about? Then that's right. a little bit of a question with the Bears. I mean, Patriots have obviously been most successful for two plus decades, but if Belichick goes, all bets are off. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. yeah. Cardinals, dysfunctional organization. No. Commanders, dysfunctional, dysfunctional organization. organization. Even though they have new ownership, but still yeah. they've yet to prove themselves. Giants have been kind of a model organization for a long time. I just don't want to see him go there for obvious reasons yep. because, you know, Cowboys fit. Chargers. Not the best organization to go to. Raiders, dysfunctional organization. Jets, dysfunctional organization. Man. You've got to go all the way down to around 10 or 11 to the Tennessee Titans to where I would really like the Giants and the Titans would be the two that I feel the best about. And I would actually put the Bears third after those two, you know, of like who's picking in that top 10 or 11 for Joe Alt. Man, there's just not a lot of good choices until you get to like 16 17 you get to like you know teams that have a pulse um you know and, and and might be able to you know do something in there someplace but whoof man i <laughs> I, I always wondered what it would what it's michael like says i hate you i thought i was complimenting the giants there michael Hahn. like I, the the giants have been a well-run organization i just don't want alt there because i don't want to have to you know see him play against the cowboys I mean, <laughs> that, yeah, I just, I, I saw him projected to go to the Jets, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, no. and I mean, they you know, need offensive like, linemen badly, but again, know, it's like the Jets, man. you know? Ugh. I just, I don't know. There, There's a lot of places I do not want to see him go, obviously. Of course, I would want him to see, I would like to see him go to the Bears, obviously. Um, I just don't think that that's going to happen. I, I think they're going to go. They're probably going to go quarterback and wide receiver or something like that, or trade yeah. down, you know, that kind of a deal. So who knows, man, but with the bears right now, cause I'm on the NFL, NFL.com and they update their the draft selection order right now. The bears have the one and the five. Yeah. And you know, I'll tell you what, I, you could see Joe all going at five. If they decide that that's the route that they want to take, I, I, that would be a good spot for him. I think. I think it would be great for the Bears, and I think it would be, you know, if again, like if their growth continues through the end of the season the way it is right now, they really need help on the offensive line. And oh, you know, that, yeah. like if you want to help Justin Fields and, and he's your investment for the future, you've got to build something around him. And again, it's it's been like 20-plus years since the Bears, I think, took an offensive lineman in the first round. It is crazy how they have disregarded offensive linemen. In the Stimey. first round, Stymie's just trying to annoy me at this point. He says uh, he could win a Super Bowl trophy when Rodgers returns to the Jets. <laughs> Good lord, they're not giving away Super Bowl trophies for uh, talking. All right, so right, saying, <laughs> man. So 
I don't know if you saw this today. We are in we are in deep for life says, is it true that a court ruled today against the NCAA on transfers having to sit out after second transfer? I don't know if it was a court, but the NCAA did decide that now this is going to be for this year that if you are a second time transfer, you don't have to sit out. This is apparently going to be revisited still. So this is not this is not permanent. It was a it was a it was a strange ruling. It was about have the residency for a year. So I think it was if you transfer once, you have to stay there for at least a year or something in order to transfer again. And they got rid of that rule. I know something along those lines. It, basically, the bottom line is whatever the rule it was, is, it, it was a judge. Okay. Yeah. What, so whatever the rule is, I'll it's going to make you, the portal ridiculous even more so than it already is. I'll read you the lead from the Associated Press here. College athletes who were denied the chance to play immediately after transferring a second time can return to competition for now after a federal judge issued a 14-day temporary restraining order against the NCAA. Uh, The judge in West Virginia issued the order against the NCAA from enforcing the transfer rule, a lawsuit filed by West Virginia and six other states alleged the rules waiver process violated federal antitrust law. There's going to be another hearing on the restraining order December 27th. And the NCAA didn't immediately indicate whether it would appeal the ruling. So, again, it's like for right now you can, but it's going to be, you know, there's going to be another hearing. So it's going to, like I said, it's just going to make, it's going to make the transfer portal even more of a wild, wild west than it already is. Yeah, Like that's what we needed. We needed less regulation on the transfer portal. <laughs> like, what is happening? What is happening? I agree. And I saw this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this this isn't going to get complicated. No. It's so you stupid. Know. I just, oh. Andre, how good is that defensive line rotation going to be? It's going to be awesome, he says. I agree. I think it is going to be awesome, Andre. And I think that with obviously Howard Cross the third coming back, with the potential of Riley Mills coming back, with the addition of the kid from Duke coming back, or not coming back, coming over. Well, now, I should now say. you're adding, yeah, you're adding RJ Oban. We haven't even had a yeah. chance to talk about that, but we they're are to be deep, definitely addressing that in rapid fire. But they're, um, they're going to be deep, man, and it, it yeah. is going to be you know the, the guys that we thought were going to have to step up and be starters now can be key rotation guys in the middle, which yeah, I, I mean, really like too. If Mills comes back, basically you're only going to be, and I'm not you know in terms of numbers, I'm not saying like. You're sure. losing Javante Jean-Baptiste, really productive defensive right. end, obviously, this year. But you're replacing him with R.J. Oban, who are, ironically, the exact same size. You know, they're they're both 6'4", 260 <laughs> pounds. All right. <laughs> you know, so it's like okay. you're playing stud for stud, basically. And you're losing Nana Osafa Mensa. So if you get Riley Mills back, you're bringing back everybody else besides two guys. So, yeah. yeah. It, and And – you're, I think you're you're expecting at least similar production from Oban that you got from JJB. 
Oh, for sure. And so. you got, you know, Tuli Alamaka, you've got Josh Burnham, you got Tyson Ford. Yeah. You know, Bubakor Traore has been flashing when he gets on the field. I thought Brennan Vernon really flashed in the fall. Remember watching him? It's like that kid is a true freshman. And now he's got a he's gonna have a whole year under his belt in the weight room, get even bigger and stronger and faster. And then on the inside, we all, you know, Jason Onye was was everybody's darling there in the preseason. You got Gabe Rubio has a chance up to come out Heinish, you know, Devin Hughes, like you're going to have a lot of depth on the defensive line uh, coming up. And then you've got, of course, the, the freshmen that are coming in that who aren't going to need to produce right away, because I think there's going to be a lot of depth in front of them. So I'm real happy with the defensive line right now. Yeah. Sloppy Joe brought this up. I just saw this today. Cross and Oban's respective fathers played for the giants together. For four years, obviously Howard Cross and then uh, Roman Oban played with the New York. They were uh, Parcells Jets, I believe, back in Pete, the day. Pete Sampson's the one that tweeted that. We'll, we'll throw credit where it's due. Uh, I Is saw, that where it was? Okay, I, yeah, I, mean, I, saw, I saw, that saw it floating today. around the Twitter yeah. sphere. I couldn't remember who yeah. tweeted it. So yeah, so that's kind of cool. I mean, they get to hang out in the stands now together. So that's yep. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Michael, Michael remembers the East remembers. I remembered that name as soon as, and, and for whatever reason, it wasn't registering like Roman Oban, R.J. Oban. You know, oh, it's like, okay, yeah. No, he's probably a junior. It makes actually. sense. Yeah, from watching them back in the day. Yep, that's exactly right. So that's kind of cool that their sons are going to be teammates together at Notre Dame now. That's awesome. This one, Big Licks Burner. What's the current status of Max Bulla as a graduate assistant? He says, I thought there were limits for how long you can be a GA. If so, are we concerned he looks to leave for an on-field coaching gig? I mean, I know he's been a GA for a few years at different schools, obviously, but. I have no idea if there is a limit. I'm going to hit the old Google Twitter, Twitter sphere or whatever here on graduate assistant years i guess i nothing's popping up limits so. limits maybe i don't know oh here we go football scoop had something um ncaa establishes graduate assistant guidelines seven year clock <laughs> so you can be a ga for seven years uh that well that's what the title says um uh, okay. yeah i mean i have to read this whole article which i'm not going to do It says, uh, all outlined in the clear terms with the organization's clear-cut guidelines on the seven-year window that an individual may serve in a graduate assistant position rather than an analyst or any other type of off-the-field role. The seven-year window begins after receiving the first uh, baccalaureate or immediately after exhaustion of football eligible. Oh, they're, so they're saying there's a seven-year window for when you can do it, but that doesn't make sense because we've had some older graduate assistants yeah. Like the guy that's uh, over at Pe or at uh, Ohio State now, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is a limit. No, we'll have to look, try to do some more research on you, that. You always have to worry about graduate assistants taking a job on the field because it's a huge pay increase. Okay, right. so they are graduate assistants because they want to be position coaches and they want to move their you know move up the ranks. Graduate assistants are paid garbage. Okay, and so 
they're, that's they're why their wanna, graduate assistants. Right. <laughs> I mean, they get paid with with going to school for free. I mean, that, uh-huh. that's that's what they get paid with, right? And so, yeah, they're they're gonna want to move up. So, yeah, you have to be worried about that. I would I be shocked if he left? Nope. Would I be shocked if he stayed? Nope. Because I don't know what the rules are as far as how long you can be here. But um, that would be a that would be a shot to Notre Dame for sure. But we'll have to see. I, I just don't know. I just don't know enough about it to to speak intelligently, and I don't want to. I don't want to lead anybody astray. But if I was a head coach at a Mac school or something like that, I'd be calling up Max Bulla. I would be be like, "Hey, I got a linebackers coaching job open. What do you say?" Yeah, you know. Larry wants to know what we have planned for the twentieth, which is a week from today, which signing is day beginning of early. Yeah, the the signing day. I know there'll be a press conference that day, so we'll be there. I yep. mean, I think the plan is, I think, I don't know if Ryan is is still around. I know that there are going to be shows, and I'm sure they're trying going to be, you know, trying to, you know, get some of these signees and stuff like that on the show. I haven't sure. talked a whole lot of details with Brian. I know we're still going to have a show that day, um, and it won't necessarily change that much. So, other than that, they did have what like, I know. They did like an eight-hour show. Uh, well, that's what I asked Brian like last, last week. Are you guys going to do a marathon show? And he didn't sound like there was going to be, you know, unless that. they start early in the morning and, you know, go till three, four o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know. Who I haven't knows? been given the schedule. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard about it either because – I believe the press conference is in the afternoon. I think it's at like one o'clock um, because I'm pretty sure they have practice in the morning. <laughs> um, and so the the press conference is later on in the afternoon. And then that's probably, I would guess, when, you know, it'll probably be a normal one o'clock type show. And uh, it'll probably go from there. Uh, but I don't want to put words in the mouth of uh, my, my coworkers because I'm not involved. So right. I'm not 100% sure. Paul says, I think the 20th is Festivus. That is actually the 23rd. The 23rd is Festivus, and that falls on a Saturday. Brutal. I know. We're not going to be able to have a Festivus show this year. And, I mean, that puts in doubt next year even because of when the 23rd falls. I know. It's going to be a Sunday, right, unless it's like a leap year or something, right? I don't know. I'm going to check right now. 23rd's on a Monday, Sean Stiers. Next year it is. It's so we got a, a leap year coming it's up. It's a leap year, huh? February right. 29th. Well, and so we'll be back. Don't worry. We have an airing of grievances show a year from now. <laughs> oh, I've got so many. <laughs> so many. Feats of strength, Jesse versus Ryan. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so would I. We have another Sean S. He says, when would you guess is the next time we may see wide receiver production like Stovall plus Samarja slash McKnight or Floyd plus Tate? Those years were electric on the outside. Well, what do they all have in common? Experienced receivers. Really good quarterbacks. Well, that's true, too. (laughs) So if you believe everything that you're hearing about the stable of quarterbacks at Notre Dame, then that's not going to be far away from happening. I don't know that I would count on it happening in 2024, but I would say the future looks very bright for the possibility of that happening with the guys that are kind of uh, in the chamber waiting in the wings at quarterback. Because I think I think they will have the wide receiver talent to do it. 
but they got to have somebody to get him the ball. Yeah. And look, you know, I went all in. I think most of us went all in that because of the talent in the wide receiver room this year and adding Sam Hartman was we were going to see. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not what Sean just spelled out there, Stovall, Samarja, McKnight, Flo, you know, that that kind of thing. But we thought we were going to see a heck of a lot more from these receivers this year. So I'm gonna kind of have to fall into the you're gonna have to show me before I buy in the way I bought in. No, that's fair. I mean, you are bringing in a veteran quarterback and at least two veteran receivers as of right now. So there's a lot more promise for next year, but you're also throwing it all together. So I've got to, I've got to at least be able to see something in the spring that makes me believe Yeah, we're going to see something more. So agreed. Agreed. And I'm and honestly, as much as I trust Brian and Ryan and, and all of their, you know, rankings of these guys coming in and all of those different things for receivers, for running back, all of it, right. I still need to see it, man. I need to see the dynamic, you know, play with a gold helmet on, not with a high school helmet on. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, it's just, yep. I, I I love what those guys do, and they're they're right more than they're wrong. But um, you know, these recruiting classes that Marcus Freeman is stacking, still got to see it on the field in a Notre Dame uniform. Yep. Once once that happens, I'll be a believer. You know. Well, look, we you know we saw a good start from Jaden Greathouse, and then sure. we you know we saw a dip and didn't really right reemerge. Right. And he so. got hurt, and he's playing out of no, position I, I because of all that. But like, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think if he was if he was healthy all season and got to play in the slot all season, I feel like he would have been much more productive than he was. Yeah. Getting pushed to the outside, I, I just don't think that fit his skill set as a true freshman. You know what I mean? You don't want to pile a bunch of crap on the plate of a true freshman, and they change his position in the middle of the year. You know, because of injury from other guys as well, but. It was a lot. It was a lot. Brent wants to know the injury status of Aiden Gobira and how Tyson Ford is projecting. These are things I think that we can ask. There's a press conference Saturday. I don't know if everybody knew that. We're going to get to talk to Marcus Freeman Saturday. Yep. And then there'll also be, you know, another press conference next Wednesday on signing day. But we'll get there's an open practice at some point next week as well. Where I believe it's Tuesday next week. We'll be so. able to get our eyes on some things and and see kind of who's moving around, who's on the bikes, and you know yeah. all of those different things. And that's not a full practice, but it is somewhat. It's the first open practice we've had since the fall, so it'll it'll give us an opportunity to kind of see who's doing what and who's healthy, who's not. So, Brent, ask that question again Tuesday night or Wednesday night or something of next week. And on that subject, John said he saw that Freeman has scheduled a press conference for later this week. Do you know why they're, they're doing it? to i mean it's just openness basically yeah. it's like yeah. you know we're in the middle of we're bowl saturday prep. we're going to be a couple of weeks away from the bowl game and uh, he's just going to kind of you know up you know let us ask whatever questions that we want to ask i mean there's obviously a lot of things that have happened over the last couple of weeks and uh, so he's going to get you know just give everybody a chance to kind of get updated on some things as they go through bowl prep and we're actually going to get to talk to some players next week as well uh, around the, I think it's that that same day as that partial open practice that you were talking about. And then again, on signing day, a week from today, Freeman will also have another press conference. So yep, yep. going to get a chance to, to ask, you know, talk to him about a lot of different stuff. So looking forward to that. Yeah. ND cheat sheet 
wants to know if they started bowl practice this week. They've been bowl practicing for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. It's basically been a couple practices and you know, this is finals week actually right. right now. So I believe like this weekend they'll get back into practice. Right. And then um, they'll, you know, the, as of, I think coming up this weekend, they'll have more back-to-back practices than they've probably had since the season ended because the way Marcus Freeman sort of spelled it out the last time we got, I think it was at the, you know, the Sun Bowl press conference. He said, you know, we've had a couple practices on the weekend, you know, the staff or, you know, the staff goes out and, you know, does some because they've been on the road. Like yeah. 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 And then we kind of come back, we reconvene, we have a practice or two. And, you know, again, they're, they'll get through finals this week. I'm, I'm sure they'll practice this weekend. And then based on the schedule, they'll, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, They'll stack a few practices together. They're going to get to go home for Christmas then at that point. And then they'll reconvene down in El Paso and they'll practice down there, I think, three times in El Paso and then Sun Bowl. So, yeah. So they have been practicing. They just haven't had a a ton of consecutive practices because of just the way the academic schedule and recruiting schedule and stuff like that is kind of laid out. And just so everybody is also aware, Notre Dame – is very aware of who's opting out and they've been practicing with the guys that are playing in the bowl game. So and that's something Marcus Freeman right. did say, remember. Right. It's and not just knows, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe Walt wasn't not, practicing up until today or whatever right. he, or yesterday or whenever it was. Right. Um, you know, they, they, it's they they've known they've been out this entire time, you know, all that stuff. So yes. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.